8.40 here. Walking over the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Not sure I've, I've ever done this before. There's the Sydney Opera House. So, what better time when walking over the Sydney Harbour Bridge to uh, examine the latest from Steve Saylor. So, we've had a dramatic race gap in traffic at best that emerged after 2014. Gee, I wonder what happened in 2014. Oh yeah, we had the Ferguson effect. Black Lives Matter went crazy. American elite suggested that our country was over-policed. And so the more criminally inclined among us were less policed as a result. And, uh, and they were less disciplined. They behaved more badly. So there was a dramatic increase in crime, in pedestrian deaths, in traffic deaths. So, I noticed that our elites want to blame this on fentanyl. Did fentanyl cause the black the traffic deaths to rise dramatically? But uh, we have lots of white people doing fentanyl too, and uh, we don't see an accompanying increase in traffic deaths. So, Affordable Family Foundation. So there's not a single age bracket where Democrats are more likely to be parents of minor children than Republicans. So 25% of Democrats age 25 to 30 are parents, 41% of Republicans. Good night, mate. So the Flynn effect of rising IQs sputtering out in rich countries. So we have the Flynn effect rising IQ scores over the past 50 years, perhaps increased use of abstraction has artificially raised IQ scores without raising the underlying G factor of intelligence. But uh, that, that's pretty much stopped. So IQ gaps between countries are still large, such as 19 IQ points between East Asia and South Asia, but they're diminishing worldwide. And so Richard Flynn and company predict that this will continue. Reducing cognitive gap between working age populations in the coming decades. So cognitive convergence should be paralleled by global economic convergence. So how long will this cognitive and economic convergence continue? Will it completely eliminate cognitive and economic gaps between countries? And Taylor Lorenz, writing in the Washington Post, no amnesty for Twitter accounts. 
opening the gates of hell. Elon Musk says he will revive banned accounts. A lot of people I know are back on Twitter. Westminster, Westminster City Council in London declares non-whites will henceforth be called the global majority. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So Sable says the left has long sacralized minorities, but now the Great Replacement has made so much headway it can stop moralizing and sacralizing majorities. Soccer left or right? So is soccer culture way gayer than normal men's sports? And uh, not really, says Steve Taylor, except in Portland. So soccer culture around the world tends to be more proletarian, more nationalist, more populist, more laddish, more violent, more sectarian, more racist than American sports culture. So American sports cultures are more genteel because they are aimed at college alumni and the corporate classes. So in Portland, if you follow soccer, it's an affectation of globalist opposition to the American nation and culture. But for most other places, soccer manifests itself as concentric rings of loyalty to neighborhood, city, and nation, or perhaps religion and class. So moral obligations are experienced by conservatives as primarily going to family and then friends. So it's concentric rings of loyalty. Family, friends, community, then city, state, nation. While people on the left have leapfrogging loyalties, so they may feel more loyalty to people in Africa than their own family. So in 1980, on a train to Switzerland, Steve Taylor met some soccer hooligans. And uh, they are going to Turin, which is in Italy, to uh, smash things up there. Smash up the plate glass windows of downtown after the match as a show of strength. They held Italian soccer fans in contempt because the Italians appeared like they would rather not fight. And they only showed up to the riot started by the English marauders to defend their hometown from attack. So, I remember when I was in England, this uh, you know, this young brawler asked me if I was a, a supporter of a particular club. When I was at Oxford, no less. And I was in the town of Oxford looking forward to tour University of Oxford in a parking lot. This young man asked me if I was a supporter of some football club he wanted to fight. <laughs> So in the 1970s, fights were pretty common in baseball stadiums, but by the 1980s, they'd implemented smarter security. Fighting became less common. So American football emerged from the elite colleges 
so it's long been aimed at corporate white collar workers. Basketball was first a college sport, then a professional one. Just walk here over Sydney Harbour Bridge. It's 4:58 p.m. on what is it? Tuesday afternoon. So, in American pro football and basketball and baseball, the draft of college players severs ties to local heroes. European football clubs have their roots in neighborhood sports clubs. So American football is brutal on the field but peaceful in the stands. It attracts people who can pay for a nice experience. So most countries that have won the World Cup have had far-right dictatorships at some point in the 20th century. So England is the one exception, it only won one World Cup in 1966. But uh, look at the others. I think Brazil's won five. Germany four, Italy four, Argentina two, France two, Uruguay two, Spain one. I discussed this last week, you're going to be hearing more about how billions of people need to move to the Northern Hemisphere due to climate change in the South from the BBC. This national borders are largely arbitrary lines drawn on a map. Three billion people are expected to be displaced by the effects of global warming this century. Should it lead to a shift in the way we think about national borders? Unable to adapt to extreme climate conditions Billions of people will need to move. Sydney Opera House. How gay is soccer? Like most male sports, not very gay. So the English news media is really obsessed with finding a gay male soccer player willing to come out and has been obsessed for 10 years. The absence of said soccer players 
is evidence supposedly of prejudice despite increasingly visible inclusivity attempts by the sports governing bodies so once your career is over you'd think that social pressure would pretty much evaporate so very very few ex Premier League players have come out as gay so England is perhaps the world's most gay-friendly place. Anyone coming out is guaranteed a sympathetic media portrayal. So do gay players come out when they retire? No. Google only finds one ex-Premier League player who came out after retiring. So someone who made 117 appearances, which would put him well outside the top 1,000 players by appearance. So whatever psychological traits make men highly interested in team sports... They also make them highly heterosexual. The guys who manage to maintain a career at a high level seem to be very, very heterosexual. And you see the, pretty much the same pattern in North America.